is Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I have a special guest with me here today, our very own A.J. Shaw. How are you doing today, A.J.? Well, Jasmine, it's not football season for K-State, but you know what? The old gang's back. You, me, and uh, our great studio engineer, Jacob. Yes, I am not on the board today. I have a break. <laughs> Thank you, God, because I'd be sweating every single time I'm in front of anything that lights up or blinks. But today, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, I did kind of break the headphones in here, kind of so slightly <laughs> I did. I didn't, but, you know, it's, it's okay because there's Jasmine, no Jasmine broke everything in here. I know. I'm cheap. I got it like that. That's all we have to say. I got it like that. Or but it's just cheap equipment. Hey. <laughs> hey, yo. Got to talk to Ian about that. But you know who does not have it like that? It has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I know. I'm going straight into it. I'm starting out hot, and we're going we gonna to talk about this because this weekend of games, once again, the football guys did not disappoint. This had to have been the greatest, like, postseason run from, like, top to bottom. I, I really can't think of another one where it's been back-to-back to back to back games decided by the last and final play. And not many blowouts. In fact, I don't think we had a single game, that minus the Buffalo-New England game, that yeah. was a double-digit victory. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like that. And we have a couple, like, a little clips from those games. We have the first clip was talking about, let's see, the Bengals and their, like, game-winning OT drive with a field goal kick from McPherson. Now trying to beat the two seed in second and three. Nixon charging inside the 20. He's down to the 12. In a big situation. Barely got that away in time, the snap. But they steps back three yards and downs it between the hashes. From 31 yards. McPherson and Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. He called it again, I'm sure. He walked up and he goes, can you believe, coach? We're going to the Super Bowl. And they did it. They beat Mahomes at home. Wow, Joe Burrow. No way. Only two quarterbacks have won an FBS national title game and a Super Bowl. And that's Joe Namath and Joe Montana. And Joe Burrow's trying to be the third. I'll tell you what, y'all. Joe Burrow, that is one cool dude. I was just like, this man is just oozing swag, and I just love it. I'm not necessarily a fan of the Bengals, but I was yesterday, and I feel like the majority of America was. But Joe Burrow, he's well, like he's deserving to get all this love because he's been pretty, he's done very well this postseason. But someone that we need to talk about a little bit more is their rookie kicker, Evan McPherson, fifth round draft pick out of Florida. Do you realize that the Bengals would not be anywhere near to where they are right now without this kid? He has scored 40 points for them just this postseason alone. 40 points. Yeah, he's been he's been incredible. And, I mean, you need kickers down the stretch in these playoff games. And, I mean, he hits the big kick against Tennessee last week and now hits this kick against Kansas City. I mean, the kid is clutch just to say that. I mean. <laughs> exactly. And he's he's actually he's been clutch all season long he has an 84 percent um like field goal percentage and a percentage on accuracy yeah. yeah percentage on accuracy and honestly that should be higher because despite that one game and like i think early in the season where they played against green bay where yep. both mason crosby and evan mcpherson kept missing field goals and it was an unnaturally amount of field goals that were missed that day it was like either like six or eight field goals that was missed <laughs> between them that's just something that doesn't happen so i think that's probably like brought down his accuracy percentage a little bit but this mm-hmm. kid has been clutch all season long and I'm like part of me is thinking I'm like man Justin Tucker may not have the only kicker jerseys to be selling right now because like I said 
the bank like this kid is the reason the Bengals are here right now. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at Cincinnati, coming into the season, you were not seeing this team as a Super Bowl team. I mean, yeah, they had Burrow, but he was coming off an injury. Torn ACL missed the probably the last third of last season. Um they drafted Jamar Chase. A lot of people were against that pick. They thought they should have taken the O lineman, uh Penny Sewell, who out of Oregon who went to the Lions. And they had a coach in Zach Taylor who I like to call him Diet McVay because he's kind of like a Zach, not a not Zach, a um, a Sean McVay kind of light version, I guess. That was he. They were under the same coaching umbrella. Yeah, exactly. And you know the Bengals had won two games in nineteen, got the first pick that year, four games last year, and they were ten and seven in a division that really kept tripping over himself. I mean Pittsburgh is older, Ben's retiring now. Uh, Cleveland had a down year. Yeah, Baker Lamar May- Jackson was injured. Yeah, Baker Mayfield was hurt too for Cleveland. Lamar Jackson was hurt. Baltimore, Baltimore basically had their entire roster in the ER. It was a disaster oh, for yeah. them. And yet Pittsburgh still made the playoffs and got blown out by Kansas City. But Cincinnati, they've 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 come at the right time. They've shown up at the right time when it's mattered. They've ignored the skeptics of their season. And uh, Joe Burrow's playing the best games of his life, and he's a clutch quarterback. I mean, we saw it at LSU that year. They won the national championship. They had a great team that year, and Jamar Chase has definitely been another example. The guy has been excellent, and they got T. Higgins, another 1,000-yard receiver. Absolutely, and I can't forget, even though he like his name wasn't really called, but Tim Boyd, he's another guy that was kind of like— You mean, you mean Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd. Yeah, oh from Pittsburgh. Gosh, I saw him, Tim, my fault. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, he wasn't really much of a factor in yesterday's game, but he has been all season where there were times where mm-hmm. guys would just be doubled, sometimes triple-teaming Jamar Chase, and it had to come down between T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And so this team, gosh, they're— they they did something that no one thought was possible. They made the Cincinnati Bengals relevant. I mean, <laughs> this was a team that only had what four wins last season. Yeah, they went four and eleven and one, four. and then they were two and fourteen in, in, in twenty nineteen. In order for them to get up and get Joe Burrow, which got, yeah. that was a godsend right there, because we all we all know what Joe Burrow was like mm-hmm. coming out of LSU, the part of the greatest college football team in the history, probably yeah, probably the greatest since the see two thousand ten Auburn team with Cam Newton. And so, like, bro, everyone... Some of the Alabama teams, too, probably. Yeah, that, too. But they are, like, that that whole run that they have, completely undefeated season, and they actually tore up literally everybody on the way to winning a national championship game. And, like, all of them stepped, like, got into the NFL and just immediately became all pros. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Mm -hmm. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he was a part of the Super Bowl team last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, bro... All of these dudes are just balling, and it's like such a huge turnaround because it was a great turnaround with them in LSU, and it's an even bigger turnaround for them with the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, this is that team, I said it on my show last week, that they kind of reminded me of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. <laughs> yeah, that team. Yeah, that that's team. A fi- and that team, I mean, that's a team that a lot of people forget now because Jacksonville's so bad now. Yeah. That team was up 20-10 to 10 in the fourth in New England. Tom Brady did what you know Tom Brady always does. Yeah, but that was a, such. A, it reminded me of that because like that's a team that none of us you know thought would be at, like go be that far to go into the AFC. But the NBA difference game. between Jacksonville, that Jacksonville team, and Cincinnati is that Cincinnati has a quarterback. Absolutely, Blake, Blake Bortles is trash. Yeah, but I mean Blake Bortles was a game manager for that team. Yeah, he he didn't yeah. lose you games. Yeah, but of course he wasn't going to win you games. And the reason that they got you that they got that far was because of their defense mm-hmm. and of course Leonard Fournette and they had Jalen Ramsey at that time. So yeah, that team was that team, team fell apart quick. It did. Oh my goodness! It was like you had two seasons, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Duval. just it's just so crazy to me because Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, he's looking to be that dude. I know. Mm-hmm. I hope because this is such high expectations now. 
Like, this is his second year in the NFL, his first season actually playing all 17 games in the regular season to be mm-hmm. where he is right now. And to what, gosh, because, like, that's that's something that's going to be really hard for him because you not you kind of have to make that consistent. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can't – if you go to the Super Bowl and you somehow win it, like, you that's, – that's an expectation for them to kind of keep going because this team is so young. Mm-hmm. They have so much to learn. And there could be, it has to be managed by Zach Taylor. Be like, hey, you have so much success early. You want, you don't want to, you know, be that team who goes on and still like only relying on that success that they had early on and just never adjusted like mm-hmm. how the rest of the NFL is going to adjust to that specific team. You also have to remember, Jasmine, that the Bengals' ownership has not always been the best. I mean, you look at Mike Brown, who's probably one of the more, should I say, cheap? He's kind of cheap. I mean, this was a team that for years kept Marvin Lewis on board when yeah. the entire league was saying, you got to fire Marvin Lewis. This team is consistently either losing in the first round or not making the playoffs. And yet they kept Marvin Lewis around, and then they finally bring in Zach Taylor. Okay, that hire at the beginning, we were kind of like, oh, what the heck are they doing? They're kind of following that McVay fold. That was in that time in the NFL where we were seeing all those, like, quote, offensive gurus. And as a Bears fan, I saw that with Matt Nagy, who... Just got fired. Thank Jesus Christ for that. Um, anyway, but uh, I, I think the thing about this Bengals team is the thing that really surprised me is their defense is actually a solid unit. They're not, you know, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they're not crazy talented. But, but they have some good players. Trey Hendrickson, uh, Jesse Bates, obviously. It was an all-pro safety a couple of years back. Uh, they don't have Geno Atkins anymore, but they were able to bring in DJ, I think it's DJ Reader. Redder? I'm not sure how you say his name. I think it's a reader. He's a good nose tackle for them. Mike Hilton's a good corner for them. Uh, they have a defense. It's a solid core, obviously not a great defense. Um, so I, I've been surprised by Cincinnati's defense. I knew their offense was going to be pretty good, but their defense has surprised me. Most definitely. And what I've noticed from their defense, like they're not like a, they're not a talent defense, really. They're not a talent defense, really. There's like It's a scheme. It's a mm-hmm. scheme defense because I was looking at this game yesterday. The first half against the Kansas City Chiefs, they it looked like it was about to be a blowout. Kansas City was up 21-3 to in, like, the second quarter. And there was just like – it just looked like it was about to be one of those games. I was like, man, if this game does not end like the other ones, I'm going to be upset. But then you see the adjustments that were made throughout the game. They started seeing what was working. They stopped rushing forward to get after Patrick Mahomes. They started rushing three, and that was getting a little bit more, but they were still in zone. So every time Patrick Mahomes did some magic stuff to get out of the pocket, he found the open man because they were in a zone defense. But now they adjusted even more so to where they had a three-man rush and dropping eight in coverage, and that mm-hmm. just had Mahomes pretty much spiraling, going back to what he was doing in the beginning of the season. And, that, and that's something I want to get it to, Jasmine. You, you look at a guy like Pat Mahomes – He's one of the most talented players I've ever watched play the position. But he has that Brett Favre mentality to his game in that he likes to be a gunslinger. He likes to go back there and, you know, chuck it up in the air and see what happens. And that's been a problem for him this season. We saw it earlier in the year. He was making a lot of mistakes. He was throwing a lot more interceptions than he did in his first three years in the league. Yeah. He was making a lot of mistakes, and the Chiefs struggled. And yesterday, I mean, the final four plays of that game – the last play before the field goal, he's just standing around, you know, I mean, you he's don't taking need sacks. Yeah. You don't need I mean, you don't need to go to the end zone there obviously, but if you don't have a play, throw the ball away. Exactly. He was not himself and we have a little clip from Mahomes right after the game right here. 
Patrick, all these guys look at you as the leader of this team. I, I was wondering if you could kind of share your, your message to, to this team and, and, and what you said uh, after, after uh, the game in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just I said I'm proud of those guys. I mean, if you looked at the season that we had, to be in this game in general, um, it's, definitely, it's definitely a special group of guys that battle through adversity. Um, but <clears throat> the leaders on this team know that this isn't, this isn't our standard. We want to win the Super Bowl. Whenever you taste that, that winning the Super Bowl, nothing less than that is success. And so – uh, we have to go back. Uh, obviously, every locker room is different, um, but uh, we have the core group of guys that it, that it takes to win. So we have to go back, learn from this, and try to be better next year. And it's like you were saying before, he's trying to be better next year. The standard, of course, for Kansas City is so high because they had so much success early, and we thought that kind of eventually caught up to him how they started this past season. Where, mm-hmm. Like you said, with Mahomes being like that gunslinger mentality, like, uh, Tyreek Hill is down there somewhere type of deal, and that mm-hmm. so far wasn't working. And then they adjusted midseason to where you don't have to try to get those home run plays and things like that. But I think Patrick Holmes, he was reverting back to that because what turned out to be the biggest moment of the game was that stop the Bengals had against the Chiefs in the red zone to mm-hmm. end regulation from the first half. Yeah. I mean, he made a, and it, he made a mistake right there, and he was lucky his yeah. offensive lineman recovered. And then the three plays in overtime – he almost threw a pick on the first play. That was more on the receiver. But the second one, Eli Apple, I mean, if he picks it off, the game is over. He runs it back for six. And then the final one that he actually threw the interception on, it was a pass downfield in a double coverage. He didn't have to make that throw. Exactly. And he was being a little too wild with the ball. But another thing, and I know that in this area of the country, these Chiefs fans are not going to want to hear this, but mm-hmm. Big Red, Andy Reid, in another big game, pretty much choked. Yeah, the time management because that would that was. I mean, they didn't run the football. Why they, are you yeah, not they running, the running the football? Mm-hmm. McKinnon had so much success early mm-hmm. on. He he was averaging like seven yards per carry early on. I was like, why did they stop running the ball in the second half? Because that second half, that's when everything started to just mm-hmm. shift. They had thirty. They had eighty three yards. Only put up three points. Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions. That was the entire second half yep. and overtime. That's not a Chiefs team, and especially not yep. the Chiefs team that we knew last season, or for at least. The back since, half since, of the since 2018, when Mahomes took over as the starter, I mean, exactly. they it was just one of those. It was just not their day in the second half. They didn't run the football. Their defense, which has always been a problem for them, I know that they had a decent year under Spagnolo. The fact of the matter is, Kansas City got beat yesterday. They beat themselves. They it wasn't really a game that the Bengals won. It was a game where the Chiefs beat themselves. I think if you played that game ten times. Kansas City wins at nine, and that's not me going after Cincinnati. They right. they played a good game yesterday, but Kansas City wins that game probably nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, if we're playing that ten times, because Kansas City shouldn't have lost that game. They they choked it away, in my opinion. Absolutely, and I feel like from what we saw compared to like the last week, that crazy QB battle with between uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I feel like the only person that could have stopped Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened in this game. He was he was reverting back to his old ways from the beginning of the season. Seems like he was trying to make up from what he did to end the the first half, where he did not throw the ball into the end zone, or instead, mm-hmm. of course, even Andy Reid calling a timeout before, or just doing something to where they can get three points instead of just going into the half with nothing, because that's that's what pretty much yeah. this got that ball rolling to where the Chiefs were kind of. You know, going back to their old ways a little bit, and then the mm-hmm. Bengals had a little had a little pep in their step coming out mm-hmm. of the half, coming out of the locker room. Because I'm just saying, like Joe Burrow, how well he did. He had a 96 QBR on third down. Wow, yes, I did not know that on, um, on third down. Here's a question that I actually have for you: Do you think Eric Bieniemy 
is a potential coaching candidate in this league. Oh, my goodness. He always has been. I'm not using just that half of football to just, like, discredit what he did. Or even yeah. Andy Reid. They are still – The Andy thing Reed's is, though, Biennemi so doesn't call the plays. It's Andy Reid. True, true. But, I mean, like, you had – like, there's just so many times to where – the mm-hmm. Chiefs had like ten to fifteen yard, like they're practically layups. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like there's been several times to where like being to me, he should have a head coaching job, and I still expect him to. Like mm-hmm. they've done so much with this Chiefs team in such a short amount of time. Like this team is feared, and as as they should be. You know this this is a this is a damn good team. It was just a, just a couple of hiccups that got in their own way yesterday. So I'm not discrediting that half of football or even this first half of the season to what they have done because. What they've mm-hmm. done is more than what they didn't do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Again, it's it's just one of those games I feel that Kansas City, if they play it ten times, they probably win it nine out of ten or For eight sure. out of ten times because it's just one of those games they beat themselves yesterday. And you're going to have those games, I think – Overall, it was a positive season for Kansas City. Obviously, it was not the best season for them like the past two years had been with them winning the Super Bowl in 19 and then going to the Super Bowl last year and losing in that blowout to Tampa Bay. But credit Cincinnati. They were able to come away with some key luck right there because you always need luck in the playoffs. Yeah, you do. And they got that yesterday. They absolutely got that luck. But I know one person on that field who's just not lucky. That is Evan McPherson. I'm just yeah. I'm just telling I have to bring it back to him again. He was po- like he's. Popping fifty plus yard field goals like they Skittles. I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just like this dude is just so clutch. People are gonna actually start drafting kickers because I mean you like not, you're you he, need a good kicker. He's uh he's got kind of that hype behind him like uh, that kicker from Georgia a number of years ago, the guy with the glasses. Lincolnship. Yeah, that guy. Everyone yeah. was into that guy. Yeah, he was. He's with the the, the Colts, Colts, but he yeah. got hurt. I yeah. think at some I remember. Point I remember uh, after the Bears lost that game to the Eagles. The double doink game. Oh. Everybody was wanting the Bears to draft him with like their first pick, and it was like a second round pick. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you draft a kicker? But I guess That's... that worked once with the Raiders when they did that with uh, Janikowski all those years ago in the first round. I yeah, that's that's a risky thing. Of course, the Raiders would do something like that um, <laughs> in the Al Davis era. Absolutely, they yeah. I'd be like, but like guys, now just don't be afraid to draft a kicker. Like he was, he was a fifth round draft pick. That shoot, that's high. Mm-hmm. I thought when I said he, like when I read that he was a fifth round draft pick, I was like, mm-hmm. that's high. But obviously, that worked out. This was a very successful draft and. As dangerous as this team is, like Joe Burrow, don't even have an offensive line, bro. I mean, that's and that was the knock on him when they made the chase pick. Yeah, because you look at Penny Sewell. I mean, yeah, Jamar Chase is good, but you can find a receiver in almost any draft. But offensive linemen like that. I mean, when they're comparing you to Anthony Munoz, I think you know who Anthony Munoz is. Uh, That's pretty darn special because you don't get that kind of offensive lineman in the draft every year. But Jamar Chase has proven us wrong. Clearly, I think him being with Joe Burrow again has helped that. Oh, definitely. Um, will he continue that throughout his career? We'll see. Maybe Penny Sewell's the better pick in the end. Maybe, but hey, you can you can keep drafting O lineman. <laughs> you got this far with having a bad one. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like you wouldn't get the Bengals wouldn't be this far without Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll just keep that in. Um, and we're gonna go with some more stuff after this little break here from Tanner's. At Tanner's Bar and Grill, you can sit down and watch the game. Which game? Well, with 22 TVs and access to a selection of college sports and NFL programming, you can watch whatever game you want. Located at 1200 Morrow in the Ville, everyone is welcome to grab a bite to eat and enjoy college sports networks like SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and more. Thirsty? Tanner's also has 16 beers on tap and a selection of over 40 craft beers and seasonal drinks. 
And we are back from that little commercial break. Okay, so something I had a genius idea about while I was in the shower. I was like, you know what? Uh, I have tweet on that. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a great idea. And for those who do not know, I have my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. And I'm like, you know what? I'd be damned if I'm going to spend all this money in five years of my life and not use it. <laughs> so I'm starting this little segment called the Injury Report. Play it for me, Jacob. There we go. So I'm going to use this talent of mine. And granted, everybody, remember, I am not a doctor. Okay, I'm not a physical therapist or anything like that. So what I'm saying to you is things I either had five years of classes that they that they told me, and I researched myself and experience of being working with physical therapists and other athletes and things like that. But there were two big injuries yesterday. Bad day for your starting tight ends. First injury of the day was Bengals tight end CJ Uzama. He left very early in the first quarter, I think after like the first couple of plays, and he did not return. He ended up being carted off the field. And so my initial thought was like, oh, goodness, this may be an ACL injury or ACL tear. But luckily, that is not the case. It seems like he only has a sprained MCL. And the still Bengals, painful. <laughs> still very painful, yes. Could not put any weight on it. And like I said, he came out the locker room, pads off, and he had a brace around his knee. And that's why I was like, I'm concerned that it might be an ACL. But luckily, you know, it still hurts. It's a sprained MCL. That's the medial collateral ligament. And, he'll, and they're, the Bengals are confident that he may be able to play in time for the Super Bowl. And that's very possible for that to happen. That's big, too, because you don't want to have to start Drew Sample as your starting tight end. Nothing against Drew Sample or his family. Exactly. They're out there listening to us tonight. For to, I bet they're not. But no offense, <laughs> Drew. You, you still did a great job yesterday, buddy. But either way, they're, they're hoping to get him back in time for the Super Bowl, which is 13 days from now. And it's very possible for them to do that. Uh, with the amount of certain amount of rest, icing, and pain management pills, he could very well do it, and that just depends the type of pain tolerance that Uzama has and was like to play with. Because like, hey, there was a dude who played in the Super Bowl with a broken arm for I think the Philadelphia, or you know, it wasn't the Eagles. No, uh, t- uh, Terrell Owens. He played with a broken he, leg. Terrell he played for the, with a broken leg back yeah. in the day with the Super Bowl, and yeah. somebody and else he, played with a broken arm. Yeah, uh, I know uh, Jack Youngblood. This was not in the Super Bowl, but in, it was in a playoff game. He played with a broken leg. This was way back in the 70s. Yeah, so it's very – so it totally depends on CJ's pain tolerance that he can come back. I don't know if they're going to really, you know, have maybe like a snap count or things like that. It also depends on the player because when a player is hurt but he really wants to play, there's no one really stopping him. And uh, CJ Uzama, like – he wasn't like a huge, huge factor for that offense necessarily. He had 493 yards, uh, but averaged he's, he, 10 yards of catch about five him. touchdowns. He's, he's had a history of injuries. I know he missed yes. all of last season, or most of last season he was on the IR. So he has a history of this. So he's probably used to the pain. And I, I, I probably know in his head, I don't know if he's, if he's feeling this way, but I know in his head, in his heart, actually probably not in his head, his heart, he wants to play, but his head is obviously going to tell him what's best. Uh, dude, this is the Super Bowl, man. He's probably going to want to play. <laughs> he's going. He's definitely fact, and, not and probably. He, he wants play. to, and yeah. he can. He can play with this. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like just the injury, how much he does, and if he might be on a snap count because mm-hmm. he may not do much as far as like what's on the stat sheet. But like he's a he's a veteran player around a young team, and mm-hmm. those guys are always detrimental some way, some form. He may not catch a lot of passes, but. He, he, he's, his blocking ability is stout, and they're going to need that, especially since the Rams have kind of like a trash linebacking unit. So that's going to be really helpful as something. And But they have a monster unit up front, so that's going to be still helpful for them to be able to block for him. And then another injury, Rams tight end Tyler Higby. He left early in the first half with a knee injury. It hasn't been disclosed specifically what that injury is, but they said he avoided significant damage. So there's no tears. 
I don't know about sprains because they haven't actually said what he has, but there's the good news. But his it's questionable whether he'll be able to play or not in the Super Bowl. That's that'll that'll be I think that'll be much bigger than I, I, I think Rams fans Rams fans are just happy that Cooper Cup is gonna be able to play because if you remember when they last went to the Super Bowl, he was out. Remember that? Twenty eighteen? Yeah. They missed him bad and he's he had a great game yesterday, and of course when we get to the Niners in a little bit, we're gonna talk about Niners and Rams in a little bit, we're gonna obviously talk about Cooper Cup's game yesterday. For sure. But I know with Tyler Higby, his significance, of course, is like there's a he's a star on a team full of superstars. I mean, like, that's just one less weapon for them to have, but still he op- he opens things up. He opens things up for that entire team. Of course, you got uh, you got Cooper Cup, you got uh, Odell Beckham, and you got uh, Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. and sh- you, you got you got you got Cam Akers back, bro, too. I mean, like, there's there's so many ways you can do, but there's still many, many things like you can't have too much. Mm-hmm. This is the Super Bowl. You already sold out for everybody and everything to get everyone around you, so you need all your players back. So yeah. Tyler Higby possibly not being there in a couple of weeks is is significant. You know, it's funny, though. I don't think the Rams have had a first-round pick in, like, seven years, and yet they've still been able to build this team through trades and even through the draft. I mean, you look at a guy like Van Jefferson. He was a second-round pick. Cam Akers, second-round pick. Yeah, they will they will not have a first-round pick till 2024. Yeah, the year the year I uh, am supposed to graduate from this institution. That's, 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 that's when the Rams will have their next first-round pick. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows if they don't win a Super Bowl? Who knows if they'll you know keep you know selling out again to get somebody else to possibly get that from going? But that has been the injury report. That is all that has happened. It was just those two injuries. Both seem to be okay. No significant damage. And now it's just the fact that they'll be able to come back and play in time for the Super Bowl. That is in 13 days. But now we get to the second game from Sunday night. That was the NFC Championship game between the Rams and the 49ers with the Rams winning 20-17. to 17. And guys, Jimmy G was Jimmy G. There comes a moment where you just know it, that ain't the dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you look at Debo Samuels, yeah. you look at George Kittle, you look at Nick Bosa and the crew, and, and, and you know it's like... That's real. It, it's like it's, you just look and you go like this. That dude is why they ain't going to the Super Bowl. Because if they had Matthew Stafford, if they had Patrick Mahomes, if they had Joe Burrow, if they had Josh Allen with that defense and the way that it was playing and with Debo being that monster that he is and Kittle being who he is with Kyle Shanahan calling those plays, they would have found a way. But you knew, you knew that Jimmy G wasn't going to get it done. And so I close by saying this. First of all, that idiot that tried to call Jeff Garcia, that tried to call out Mina Combs. We don't hear anything from you today, do we, Jeff Garcia? <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing at all. All right? You should be apologizing on national television to Mina Combs with your trifling self. That's number one. So that, yeah, he, he is trifling. trifling for trying to go after Mina Combs like that. He is trifling. That's number one. Number two, if you call Shanahan, look, stop lying to the American public. Stop lying to 49ers fans. Trey Lance should be ready with you being the exceptional coach that you are. Let Jimmy G go. It ain't worth it. Just let him go. That's number two. Yeah, Jimmy G, he's just not that guy. And what uh, Stephen A. was referring to about Mina Kimes and the old 49ers mediocre quarterback, Jeff Garcia, Mina Kimes was telling people, like, Jimmy G, he's not, he's not really great. He was kind of riding on the defense and the special teams in this entire postseason. Not wrong. Uh, he only had he had a total from this postseason 
all three games from Dallas to Green Bay, then to L.A., he had two touchdowns and I think five interceptions. Oh, no, three touchdowns, five interceptions. That, that was his ratio. Okay, and those two, those two touchdowns came yesterday. And the, of the three touchdowns, two of them were behind the scrimmage to Debo Samuel and say, Debo, go do stuff. That, that, that's pretty much how that offense was. Debo, go do things. Defense, yeah. do your thing, Nick Bosa. Special teams, the only way they beat Green Bay in Green Bay. So, in this surprise, Robbie Gold. Ro- Robbie Gold. My guy. That's it. But everybody else, just not Jimmy G. And just surprisingly enough, yesterday was Jimmy G's best game. Where he was 16 for 30, 232 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That was that was their best game. It's uh, and honestly, the the Rams game plan, I'd have to say, was pretty superb because the the 49ers only had 50 rushing yards. And if you mm-hmm. watch the 49ers this season, they're one of the top rushing teams in the whole league. They mm-hmm. they rush the ball, they run the ball with Eli Mitchell and Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. converted wide receiver slash running back this season. But like once the Rams took away the run game, they said like, all right, Jimmy, go do do your thing, big boy, do do stuff, throw, throw the ball. And that's pretty much what came out to be their downfall. Remember when they gave Jimmy G $145 million? I do. Yeah, that deal doesn't look like it worked out pretty good for them. No, it does not. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is the 49ers traded, I think, three first-round picks to move up to draft Trey Lance? I think so, yeah. There's really no excuse that he should not be starting next year. He needs to be playing. I just Now, he may not be the answer, but I keep hearing all these Aaron Rodgers rumors, and it's like, okay, yeah, he might come to the 49ers, but it's like you have a young quarterback who hasn't been able to play yet, who could be really, really good. I mean, we all heard all these great things about him. And, of course, he comes from an excellent school at North Dakota State, a great Division three school, uh, FBS school, uh, where, of course, current K-State coach Chris Kleiman was the coach at prior to a few years back. So I think you got to give Trey Lance a chance next year. I think Jimmy's got to be on his way out. The question is, though, who takes Jimmy Garoppolo? See, that is a huge question. Honestly, he shouldn't have been taken in the first place because his biggest thing was, like, one, two things of why Jimmy G is Jimmy G. One, he's pretty. Okay. Two, he came from New England where you had the greatest quarterback ever in front of him. Yes. That's it. Before that, I know I've been – the older I've gotten, the more into football I've, you know, I have gotten as well. As far as, like, Jimmy G, I was like – Jimmy is like, is it that guy with the funny name that was sitting behind Tom Brady and never really did anything? I was wondering, I was like, why does he have a starting job? But granted, I can't say too much because they went to a Super Bowl in uh, 2019. So I was like, okay, I can't, I can't say you, too much. But you also like that, have but to like, remember that was because of their defense too. Yes, it was, and that the whole defense, defense was, so was good there, yeah. yeah, and that whole defense, you know, blew up with injuries the following year. That's why they were mm-hmm. so bad in mm-hmm. the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. But like, this is, they're like. There's a reason that they got they traded up to get Trey Lance. Yep. Was, and people seem to forget that cough cough Jeff Garcia, Charlie coming after people be like, hey, you don't know football. How would you know and things like that? It'd be like, look here, I think we know when we see that Jimmy Deason is not a great quarterback. And that's not saying he's not, not saying he's a bad one. It's he's an eye just, test with quarterbacks though. Yeah. You can just see it with them. I mean, again, I'm going to make a reference to me as a Bears fan. We saw it with Trubisky. I mean, we all tried to get behind him. We all tried to say, you know, he's the guy. You know, we didn't need Mahomes. Well, by year mm-hmm. three, we knew, yeah, he's probably not good. Now with Justin Fields, you look at him and you say he's got talent. You just got to give him the right offensive coordinator. You got to give him pieces. Of course, you saw it with Dak Prescott in Dallas. You was a Cowboys fan. I mean, Dak had a great rookie year, and you were like, oh, he's going to be pretty good. 
and he's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to – like the coaching – because Kyle Shanahan – I think Kyle Shanahan – I think he's a great coach. I really – for for the 49ers, I, I, I have to say, like he does have his flaws, those flaws being that when he has a lead, he gets so conservative. I hate that he has not learned his lesson because I saw on Get Up this morning that Kyle Shanahan, his team was outscored 53-0 to in the fourth quarter in his last three playoff games. That, of course, the first one being the the famous – Three to twenty-eight in the Super in Super Bowl fifty, I think, against the 51. New England fifty-one mm-hmm. against the New England Patriots, where Tom Brady came back down twenty-eight to three. That 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 was insane. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons that year, mm-hmm. and then flash forward a little bit to the Super Bowl in two thousand nineteen against Kansas City. They were up by mm-hmm. ten in the fourth quarter. There was no reason that they should have lost the game, but they did. And now we're here again. That even the Rams, they were up on the Rams. 17 to 7 mm-hmm. in late in the second half mm-hmm. and they ended up losing. Yeah. I mean it comes down again to quarterback play, it comes down to coaching and it comes down to if you're starting to over rely on that defense, you're going to have a situation where you aren't going to win games and I think that's a problem the 49ers have. I'm not a huge fan of Shanahan to be honest with you. Uh yeah, he's a decent play caller, but again, I think they, he's a, he's not as good a coach as people think he is. I think he's a little bit overrated. That Super Bowl against Kansas City, in my opinion, really kind of proved that. I just he he has the talent, but he gets in his own way. He, yep. There's so much creativity because they his, were his father was kind of the same way near the end of his career with the Redskins. Mm. Yeah, but I'm like I'm saying like there's so much creativity throughout the season and how and how I identify this because early in the season the 49ers were trash. I came on the show saying, like, bro, this is one of the worst teams ever when they had that cy- cyclone game or whatever against oh, against uh, the what was that like uh, the Colts against that. the Colts oh, at like boy. the I think week five I think and I was like, yo, this team's trash. Uh, everyone talks about how Manhattan weather is bad. San Francisco weather is crazy, man. Oh, that was real when icky. It's Forty degrees in August oh, in California. No, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you. But that was icky. But how he you know managed to turn that around a little bit? He started. Using Debo Samuel as a mm-hmm. unicorn just seems to not cut it. <laughs> the way he you reminds me, Debo. he reminds me of uh, Giannis and Luca Luca in the ba- in basketball. I know it's two different sports, but like you can use those guys in any position. Well, Debo Samuel's kind of the same way. I just he's just, he's probably the strongest receiver in the NFL from what we've seen. But the fact that they were able to use him in such a dynamic way, but what happened? They did not use Debo any he didn't even touch the ball, I think the final twelve minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. You know how insane that is. And then there was uh, a fourth and two where Kyle, like uh the Rams stopped it on the third and two and then Sean McVay, you know, he needs to count his lucky stars because he had zero timeouts. Mm-hmm. the last 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and challenged twice and lost both times. So he's very thankful that they won that game. But fast forward that um, Kyle Shanahan, he brought his offense back on the field, fourth and two, mm-hmm. in in plus territory. So they really could have very well gone for it. And they were still up. They were up by, ugh, I want to say, 10 still at that point. They could have been so much more aggressive. Like, you still have – you have Trey Lance still. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, you had that whole – where you had Trent Williams come in motion and absolutely blow up a man, yep. like you 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 have that in your arsenal. You can there's there's options for you to do to get those two yards if you if you was really about it. But he proved that he hasn't been. Mm-hmm. You just need to all that stuff you do in the regular season that got you to this point. The creativity, things that you did with Trey Lance early on, you didn't use that when it mattered most. When you're not even supposed to be in the NFC Championship in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
you got in your own way, and that's and you because you you don't trust Jimmy G. I think that's another part why yep. they were so scared. You have mm-hmm. to put it in Jimmy G's hands at some point. That's what I'm saying. Trey Lance might be able to run and get you two yards, something, motion, mm-hmm. anything, because you are creative enough offensively to try to get two yards and a chance to win and go to a Super Bowl. I, I think, though, the big thing was this. I mean, you mentioned they only had 50 yards on the ground yesterday, and I think a big reason for that is Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald yes. is such a force on that defensive line, especially against the run. I mean, it's hard to run when that guy's at his peak. I mean, you have to double him. And the 49ers didn't do that. They struggled, and then they just stopped running the ball, and they put the ball in the hands of a quarterback who they have no confidence in, and that was a big problem for them yesterday. Aaron Donald played a big role, and even though he's not as good as he once was, Von Miller still plays a good role on that team as well as a pass rusher. Most definitely, and here's a little clip of how much they meant to their team with the final play of last night's game. Garoppolo under pressure. Donald got there in the air, intercepted by the Rams, and they may ride to the Super Bowl on that. Aaron Donald with the pressure and Trayvon Howard with the interception. They bring five, and you see the pressure. Here comes Aaron Donald. Von Miller's back there, and Jimmy Garoppolo just trying to get rid of the ball and hoping not to take a sack and go backwards any further than he already had. And there's Trayvon Howard to end the game. And two reasons why that happened. One, you had Aaron Donald. Get pressure immediately, and then you had Von Miller. Those are your closers. That's the reason you brought Von Miller in, and that's the reason why Aaron Donald is just mm-hmm. that dude. And then you had Jimmy G with the ball in his hand. That's exactly what you wanted if you were the if you were the L.A. Rams. you got to bring that pressure up the middle. And any quarterback who's got pressure in his face, I don't care if you're Tom Brady or you're Todd Marianovich. A lot of people probably don't even know who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh if you get pressure in your face up the middle, especially from a guy like Aaron Donald, you're going to make mistakes. Jimmy G made a mistake. 49ers are going home. Rams, they're going to the Super Bowl, and they're getting to stay in L.A. because they're going to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Second year in a row Second that we're year. getting that after, what was it, 53 years of not getting the Super Bowl in the uh, host team stadium? That's that's insane right there. And then it was, yeah, 54 years 54. since that happened from our good man Jacob over here. Appreciate that, man. But it's bad things happen when Jimmy G leaves the pocket. Yep. And the bad, bad things always happen well, when he leaves the pocket. Well, he also, he can't run. He can't run. And, he, like, he and that's the difference between the him and Trey Lance. Just, is Trey Lance is more athletic. He's not athletic. Exactly. That's like you don't, like, because like, this is kind of in the day of age of kind of mobile quarterbacks, mm-hmm. not your pure pocket passers like Jimmy G would. That breed in the NFL seems to be slowly dying. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy G in the pocket, okay, he's he's fairly good. He's your game manager at that point. Jimmy G outside the pocket, my God, this man is awful. He almost he almost threw a pick uh, the drive before to um, – to Jalen Ramsey, if I'm not – actually, it might have been a couple plays before. I think that was mm-hmm. deep in their own territory where he almost threw a pick to Jalen Ramsey, and that was him going outside the pocket. A couple other times he threw it, almost threw an interception again with him rolling to his right. This man sucks when he's rolling to his right. Mm-hmm. And he threw back towards the middle of the field. That is a huge, huge no-no. 
That's a huge, huge no-no, even, unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Even then, that's still a no-no. The only guy who can do that is Mahomes, though. Yeah, just successfully, just... enough enough time successfully, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is the only guy who could do that. Jimmy G, you need to stop. You need to throw that mug away because you just be hurt. You, you hurting everybody when you're rolling to your right, okay? Throw, throw that mug away. Throw that's that, a new catchphrase. Throw that mug away, okay? But this time, <laughs> at this play, he was rolling to his, he was rolling to his left because he had immediate pressure from Aaron Donald, and then he had Von Miller up in his face. He tried to do some funky-looking spin move and backhand it to uh, Hasty, I think, and it just and it was just too tall for him, and it fell into the DB's hands, and boom, that's it. Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and that's crazy. And we've talked a lot about this Rams defense, and rightfully so. They had a they had a pretty much easy job. I would say, like you know, take away the run. They've been a great run defense all season long. Get the ball into Jimmy G's hands. You saw the end result. But now this offense, the Rams offense with Matthew Stafford, he is now out of you know quarterback purgatory, leaving yep. football leaving, purgatory. Yeah, football <laughs> purgatory, leaving the Detroit Lions. Now in L.A., sunny L.A. Yeah. with all these weapons. Sold out, got everybody in, got Odell Beckham Jr., who had his first 100-yard game since week six in 2019. Jeez, that has been a while for Odell. That's, and, that's and been, been from the other football too. purgatory. Yeah. Well, he was coming from Cleveland. Uh, but it's funny, though, because you think of Matt Stafford, a guy that would, I, I got to see a lot because he was in the Bears division for so many years. Mm-hmm. It's good to see him going to a Super Bowl now because he is a talented quarterback. For sure. He makes his mistakes. He's obviously not the greatest quarterback in the league. Uh, but the Rams... Decided they needed to make an upgrade. They brought him in. They gave up a hefty price. They traded Goff, and I'm sure Jared Goff is probably sick. He's probably crying his eyes out sick. right now. He's probably really upset because uh, crying. And he's in up. Detroit, where they have one of the worst teams in the league, and Matt Stafford's going to a Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams. Oh, I'd, I'd be absolutely throwing up and crying <laughs> <laughs> if that was me. I'd be like, that's supposed to be me, but it's okay, Goff. May, maybe you can. Be responsible for getting six wins next year. That'd be a huge feat for the Detroit Lions. But anywho, just like this Rams offense, they are now. We just have to see how this is going to match up with the Bengals. The Bengals, who really good, great, great receiver in Jamar Chase. Then you got Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best corners in the league. It's gonna be a fun matchup. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. But now you got to see how T uh, T Higgins. Is going to match up against the other corners. It's still be a, one of the very few weaknesses that they have is the rest of their secondary. A little bit, it's a little bit shaky, even though their blaring weakness is at linebacker. Uh, like I think their linebacker, what is his name, Reader? He was getting absolutely drugged about three or four times yesterday. Re- Reader's uh, their nose tackle. Uh, it was hold on, it was uh, Troy Ram- Troy Reader. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Rams the Rams linebacking core is a problem. It's it's rough. They have a good pass rush, obviously with For Donald sure. Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their linebacking core is atrocious. Yeah, that's their biggest weakness, and that's what another thing why uh, CJ Uzama is probably going to be really detrimental because he mm-hmm. can very much expose that linebacking unit that they have. Uh, but honestly, this is kind of kind of off topic. But I have this question for you, AJ. Yeah, I want because since OBJ. Left Cleveland, all of a sudden he's he's the old OBJ again. Um, OBJ Sr., general manager of the year, he got his son out of Cleveland, out of that prison that he had with when he was with Baker Mayfield <laughs> and stuff like that. And they had – because, like, Baker Mayfield had Jarvis Landry and, and Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, boy. And I felt like he – the Browns kind of almost ruined the careers of both of them because Jarvis Landry has not done anything since he left Miami. And mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, he did not do anything since he left the Whoa. Giants. But now that he's with 
the L.A. Rams. What does the Browns do with Baker Mayfield? Because his, Ooh, fifth, yeah. his fifth option is coming up. Because now you see OBJ is just fine. There's nothing wrong. He had nine targets for mm-hmm. 117 yards. No, nine receptions for 117 yards. He couldn't even get nine targets in Cleveland. So how the are pl- they going to do that with Baker Mayfield? The problem with OBJ is you got to get him the football. Mm-hmm. Because OBJ is not the most... He's not the most mature person, <laughs> to say the least. He's uh he can he can he can act out a lot. But um I think with the Browns, I mean, I don't think you get rid of Baker Mayfield because there aren't really any good quarterback options in the draft as there were last year or the year before, or even the year before that. Um I think maybe they trade him, maybe they look at potentially bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? Potentially. Aaron Rodgers in the AFC and also the same division with Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers, he wants another ring. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Him in the AFC, I think that's going to be the toughest way to I, get I, it. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think he'd actually be fine going to Cleveland because he's played in Green Bay, and, I mean, Green Bay is not really the most, you know, it's the, not the biggest market. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers would love to play back in the Bay, which is where he's from originally, but I don't think he'd have a problem playing in Cleveland because Cleveland's a – diehard city for sports and football and it's the same thing in green bay obviously cleveland's a little bigger market than green bay is but i don't think aaron Rodgers would have a problem playing in cleveland the question is though would the browns potentially what would we have the browns have to give up first up for for aaron Rodgers? so it'll be interesting but i think there's a thing about i think the big problem with baker is the coaching i'm not a huge fan of stefanski i think stefanski he he runs he runs a basic offense in my opinion yeah. I think his offense is too high school oriented. I know that's something that a lot of Browns fans would probably disagree with me on, but I think he runs a high school offense. I'm being honest with you. I don't think I don't think there was any excuse for the Browns to have the year they had with the talent they have with Nick Chubb at the beginning of the year OBJ. Uh you got David Njoku, who's a very good underrated tight end, and of course you got Landry and, and Hooper, Austin Hooper's there too. Austin Hooper. Had, he was very, he was very good uh, with. I think it was Atlanta. Yeah, but then he 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 flopped in Cle in Cleveland. Definitely. Yeah, like but, seems that seems to be the the theme. And, and I mean, you had Kareem Hunt too. I mean, that's something that Kansas City. I feel like they've never been really able to replace. Going back to the Chiefs that's for a second. That's very true. Yeah. Cutting Kareem Hunt. I mean, yeah, Elaire's a decent running back, but he's not Kareem Hunt. Mm. But I think Cleveland. There was really no excuse for the year they had, and I think a part of it was Mayfield being hurt. Now, can Mayfield come back next year and have a good year? Hopefully. Again, I think with Mayfield, too, it's maturity as well with Mayfield because he's got that high school mentality. He He's just he's a more well-controlled Johnny Manziel yeah. in my mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that was controlled. always the worry when he got drafted. Yes, they were is. always worrying about how he was going to be the next Manziel, which he he's a lot like Mahomes, and he's a Mahomes light in that he's also a gunslinger. But, but, that, but it hasn't worked for him as well as it's worked from home. The problem with him, though, was he was hurt this year. I think if you have a healthy Mayfield who is confident, you have a winning team, I think he can be very good. I need to see it before I can believe it. Yeah. I, he just hasn't – I haven't trusted him enough. But before we get back to more football stuff, we have another Tanner's break. Just because Tanner's Bar and Grill has been around since the 80s doesn't mean their menu is outdated. They are serving up new weekday food and drink specials with dishes like buffalo mac and cheese, steak tips, bugas, and chicken sandwiches. Don't have time to stop by their location at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville? Tanner's now offers takeout through their website, tannersbarandgrill.com, and delivery through DoorDash. Thank you very much, Tanner's. So... 
Now, take out all the crazy playoff games that we had. One thing that was probably all over the news, if you guys have not seen it, Tom Brady retiring from the NFL after 22 years. <laughs> Maybe. Technically. Quote, unquote. We have this clip of Adam Schaefer talking about that, low-key defending what he said on Saturday. Look. He's still processing it, still going through his decision, but he's retiring, Green. That's the bottom line to the whole thing. And he wants to do it when he's ready and make the announcement on his time schedule the way that he wants to, which I would imagine would include some sort of tremendous video send-off on his social media accounts. But that's where this is going now. And you're talking about the greatest player, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, 22 seasons, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl wins, and you heard him last week on his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray talk about the fact that it's time to spend more time with family, how important it is to be with his children, his wife is tired of seeing him hit and hurt, and he's played through so much more than people even realize for his documented a career as he's had, and he's meant so much to so many people. If you think of all the 25, 30-year-old sports fans They've only known Tom Brady as a quarterback, particularly in Boston, leading their teams to Super Bowl titles and championships and uh, enriching the pockets of Teddy Bruschi and Rob Ninkovich here, giving them more playoff <laughs> hey, hey, money. Hey. There, there's so much good that he's done for so many people. And so this is going to be emotional when it does officially come down. But the greatest quarterback we've ever known is going to be walking away from the game. Hey, you hate to love him, but you know... Sometimes it is what it is. He's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Probably the most hated man, but he is the most respected man. That's the best way I can put it. I have never been a fan of Tom Brady because every time I look, I'm like, God, I hate this man. But you knew what he was going to do when he had the ball last with under two minutes or under a minute. Yes, this man man is a killer, and he spent his whole career absolutely killing people's dreams. So, AJ, quick. Quick thought, what did, what did Tom Brady mean to you in all these 22 years that he's been in the NFL, even though you're not that old? Well, he uh, he won his first Super Bowl the year I was born, so that's kind of a fun fact for you, 2001. Um, you have to respect his talent. And I think what distinguishes the really good players from the greats is their ability to win when nobody thinks they can win. And something that Tom Brady was able to do throughout his career was – Always, They always looked down on him. They always looked at him as the underdog, and yet he always prevailed through that. I mean, a guy gets drafted in the sixth round. Usually you don't make it in the league. Right. You know, he beats out an all-pro quarterback, Bledsoe. I mean, he's got the quintessential, when you think of, like, the American story, the American dream, he's that kind of story. You don't have to love him, but you have to respect the way he's been able to prevail throughout his career. Most definitely. And like I said, I already told y'all, like, I spent half, most, like, the time that I can remember this man's career, because I was born in 98, and mm-hmm. he won, he, that's around the time he came into the NFL, I think in 99. 2000. No, 2000, 2000 my fault. Mm-hmm. In 2000, I forgot this is 2022. <laughs> but It's a new year. It's a, it's a new year, but I, I honestly, as much as I hate to say it, I do cherish watching some of the games that he was in. I think, like, his biggest game, at least in my memory, was that Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, 51 where he came back down 28-3. to Everyone thought that game was over. But he, he's, he's made huge comebacks before, but nothing like this. Yeah. Nothing on this stage. Beating out the then NFL MVP and Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then the catch Boy, that, that happened with um, 
the, the Julian catch Edelman. with Julian Edelman. Seeing that with my own eyes, I was a freshman here at K-State. We were watching mm. that and, and good now on like the, what is it, the sixth floor of the building. And we were all watching this. We're like, no way. There's just no way things that had happened. It's just, it's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, you got to say he has definitely been uh, that kind of guy coming up in big spots right there uh, in the games. I would say the game that I really kind of – because I always kind of felt, and this may sound like a silly thing to say, but I always felt like he was a system quarterback. I, Pete, you're going to think I sound crazy when I say this. I probably, You probably think that. It's okay. <laughs> like, boy, you crazy. Continue. I thought he was a system quarterback when he was in New England. When he went to Tampa Bay, I said, dude, he's probably going to struggle and then he'll quit. You know, he's going down to Florida like everybody does when they get older. Mm -hmm. That season they had last year to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl, that kind of changed my opinion of him as the greatest ever. Because for the longest time, I I didn't think he was the GOAT. I thought that was an over-exaggeration. I thought, come on, no. There were better quarterbacks. But that Super Bowl last year changed my opinion of him. There's just – there's no record – for him to break because he holds all the records. Yep. The only reason that he would still be playing is just to continue to break his own records, which he already did this season and the season before that. I mean, it, here's the thing, though. He's in such good shape, though, at yeah. the age that he's in. I mean, he could play till he's 50. I really thought that he could. I was I was going to th- flip some tables if he said, you know what, I think I'm going to play until 50. I was like, boy, you better not. <laughs> give us a, just give us a minute. Damn. That's what I really thought, but I'm surprised that even though he hasn't announced it himself, so I'll believe it when it comes out of Tom Brady's mouth himself that he's going to retire because it would it would it would now kind of seem like him for just be like ha, just kidding. I'll see y'all back at training camp. I remember when he opened his Twitter, he actually made a he kind of joked and he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm stepping I'm I'm stepping away from the game now." Everyone knew he was full like, of us all. Stop it. We were like, "Dude, this is BS. We all know you're." kidding <laughs> yeah and he and he and he made that statement after um the divisional round against the rams just last weekend mm-hmm. saying about how he how he's you know considering it and i even tweeted i was like y'all this man is playing he is not retiring and then a week later i was like if tom brady retired i was like for it. real i did jinx it i should have done i should have done this years ago damn it <laughs> <laughs> but that's just that's how we thought it was i was like there's no way this man's retiring because one i didn't think he wanted to go out like that I thought he wanted at least his standards. I thought he would maybe want to go out at another Super Bowl. I, I think he's coming back he's one more like year. I really do. We just we have to see because I I, I, don't I, know. I I can't see the guy, a competitor like him quitting after losing a playoff game. It, it reminds me a lot when that year Peyton Manning the year before they won the Super Bowl, uh, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like oh Peyton may retire. Well, it was like I know Peyton Manning the competitor. He's not gonna you know leave. Yeah, he's not going to go out there, go out like that. But speaking of leaving, sorry guys, this has been the end of our show. I hear that music, so. Yeah, can we? <laughs> and, uh, the end of our show. It has been so fun. This is AJ. AJ, what's your Twitter? Uh, the real AJ Shaw twenty. Good job, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter. Is at Jay's with it too because I had to make a new Twitter account. It's J A Y S W I T I T the number two. And please follow us. If you had liked anything about this show or hated anything about this show, please let us know and go cry about it. But I still love y'all anyway. Uh, please tune back in next Monday at 6 o'clock here on Wildcat 91.9.